Let me introduce myself. I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. What up? I'm Mean Joe Grizzly, and this is the Mean Joe Grizzly Podcast. And on this special bonus episode, we're going to be talking about the greatest run on Thor ever written. I'm, of course, talking about Jason Aaron's run on Thor. But before we begin our discussion on one of the greatest comic storylines ever written, I want to remind y'all to follow the show on all social media platforms so you can get updates on upcoming episodes, news, and also interact with yours truly. So, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at the Mean Joe Grizzly Podcast at Mean Joe Grizz Pod on Twitter and like the official Facebook page. And last but not least, join the Mean Militia on the show's official Facebook group, the Mean Joe Grizzly Mean Militia. I look forward to interacting with y'all. And also, make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. But now, let's crack open the Grizzly Guide. So after watching Thor Love and Thunder and seeing them fail miserably to even remotely adapt the epic Thor run written by Jason Aaron, I thought I would go over some of the highlights and the basic premise of the comic storyline. But I want to make something clear. Even though I'm going to be talking about it on here, this isn't a substitute for actually reading the story itself. To truly experience the epic tale in all of its glory, you really need to read it yourself. You can actually get the entire run in an omnibus on Amazon right now, or go to your local brick and mortar comic shop and buy it today. I promise you won't be disappointed. But let's begin. So Jason Aaron's run on Thor would begin in Thor God of Thunder number one in 2012, and its first 12 issues, he would introduce one of Thor's most powerful villains in the history of the character, and one of the best villains in the history of Marvel Comics, Gore the God Butcher. Gore would make his first appearance in Thor God of Thunder issue number two, but his origin wouldn't be revealed until much later in issue number six. 3,000 years ago on a barren planet without a name, we would meet a young Gore where we would learn that his life and situation are very bleak. His desolate world was ravaged by famine, dangers of nature, and prayers that fall upon deaf ears of their gods. After years of suffering and hardship, losing his beloved wife to an accident and his son succumbing to starvation and thirst, Gore would forsake his gods and abandon his faith which would lead him to be casted out by his nomadic tribe. And after wandering alone for some time, Gore would begin to succumb to his exhaustion, and that's when he saw it. Something fell from the sky, and when he examined the crater, he would discover the bodies of two gods, one clad in black, the other in gold, both seemingly dead, having impaled each other on their weapons. But upon further inspection, the one clad in gold would reach out begging Gore for help. Gore would become enraged, exclaiming, where was the God when he and his family and his people were suffering and they prayed for help relentlessly? The black sword-like weapon lodged in the chest of the golden God would seemingly come to life and become a makeshift dagger in his hand. And it is here that Gore would kill his first God and absorb the living abyss known as the all-black necrosword and begin his 
multi-millennia crusade of killing gods, becoming the God Butcher. His campaign of carnage would eventually lead him to come face to face with a inexperienced young Thor that wasn't even worthy of wielding Milner at the time. And Gore would completely dominate Thor, making an absolute fool out of the young god, then proceeded to torture him for weeks until a band of Norsemen would arrive to free Thor. And after an intense skirmish, the young Thor with his enchanted axe Yamir would cut the arm off of Gore, causing him to flee. Hundreds of years would pass and Gore would create his own army of shadow berserkers from the All Black and he would silently kill hundreds of gods. This would lead him into conflict with present day Thor and after an intense battle and Gore explaining to Thor that gods don't care about anyone but themselves and their own vices, Gore would reveal his goal to make the universe godless. Thor would get the upper hand forcing Gore to retreat into the future using the pools of the time god. Thor would pursue and be transported to a distant future where his future counterpart, King Thor, the Allfather, was the only defense against Gore's army of shadow berserkers. It is here that we find out that Gore has forced the god of bombs to construct him a bomb that would kill all gods across time and space, a god bomb. So after teaming up with their younger counterpart from the past, three versions of Thor and King Thor's granddaughters, Frigg, Elsevid, and Atli, would take on the Butcher and they would lose miserably. Gore would set his plans into motion, but when his new son would help present Thor escape after Gore killed his new wife, after she claimed Gore was her god, present Thor, with the strength of the prayers from gods from across time, would give Thor the strength to absorb the blast from the god bomb. When the dust settles, present Thor wielding two milliners, and after absorbing the all black itself, would finally defeat Gore with young Thor delivering the killing blow by chopping off Gore's head with Yangmir. So ended the saga of Gore the God Butcher, or is it? This would lead us to the events of Original Sin, an event that saw the Watcher Owatu, an all-seeing cosmic recorder of the universe, killed and his powerful eyes taken. After secrets of all the superheroes would be revealed and chaos among them would ensue, the investigation would lead Thor and the Avengers to discover that Nick Fury of S.H.I.E.L.D. had killed the Watcher, and a battle would break out. It was during this battle that Thor would engage Nick Fury, and Nick Fury would whisper three simple words into his ear. Gore was right. Thor's hammer Milner would fall from his grasp and crash to the surface of the moon, where Thor would be unable to lift it, becoming the unworthy Thor. It is also at this time when the mantle of Thor will be passed on to a cancer-stricken Jane Foster, and her adventures as the mighty Thor will begin. Jane Foster would go on to wield Milder in ways that Odin's son had never done before. With that and her attitude would make her a worthy Thor, but being Thor would come at a price. Every time she would take up the mantle of Thor, the magical energies would purge her body of all chemotherapy and medications that were treating her cancer, allowing her cancer to further metastasize. She would decide to give up the mantle of Thor and undergo treatments after an intervention from Odin's son, Dr. Strange, and Sam Wilson. Dr. Strange explaining to her that if she wielded the hammer one more time, she would surely die. During her adventures as the mighty Thor, an all-out war of the realms was being orchestrated by the king of the Dark Elves, Malekith the Accursed. 
and at the same point during a dispute with gods from another race known as the Shi'ar, a being of terrible power and hate was unleashed, the Mangog, a beast created with the hatred of a billion beings slaughtered by Odin and Asgard, returned and began to lay waste to Asgard. With Odin, Odin's son, and Queen Freya wielding the destroyer armor on the verge of defeat and death, Jane Foster would don the mantle of Thor once again, and after a fierce battle, would toss Mangog attached to Milner into the sun, killing the beast, destroying all of Milner but a tiny piece, and killing Jane Foster. But she would be revived by Odin and be allowed to continue her battle against cancer. Odin's son would retake his mantle as Thor, having a new Milner crafted by dwarves. And this is where I'm going to stop my explanation of Jason Aaron's run. It would end after a huge climax with the War of Realms and be solidified with a limited story that takes place in the future where King Thor and an aged Loki face off against Gore the God Butcher once again. But that's a story for another time. And with that, we're going to bring this special bonus episode to an end. I hope y'all enjoyed me talking about this amazing story. And hopefully y'all can see why so many comic fans get a little upset when these stories are just completely ignored or disrespected by studios by not even giving them the justice they deserve. I, for one, am not one of those fans that needs the movie to be 100% comic accurate. But they could have at least done it some justice. Please... I want to encourage y'all to go read this run on Thor and read more comics, period. But before I go, I want to give a shout out to Carl Casey at White Bat Audio for all the badass music he makes. I use it in my intros, my outros, and throughout the episode. Check him out on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. Also, go check out the Zero Hour Podcast. Scott over there does a great job covering the MCU. And last but not least... Thank you all so much for listening to the show and continuing to support it. Without y'all, it's not possible. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to follow me on all the social media pages, especially the Mean Joe Grizzly Mean Militia, where we give announcements, news, and share cool shit. But remember, I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch.